folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You were on with Real Redneck Tom Millard, and of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and it's a, a beautiful night for a podcast, even though the, I don't the know rain that's has come. So true. Yeah. Well, it 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 is just crazy in this uh, neck of my uh, neck of the world here. It, uh, I came home, and the trees were sideways, and the rain was coming down, and I waited in my driveway for a good two three minutes before I. The rain let up enough for me to come into the house. You forgot wow, your rain ever... bonnet, didn't you? Well, my wife didn't come out with the umbrella, so I had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd carry like a shower cap or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The hair is the top priority, says nobody ever besides Todd Millard. So. Uh, we haven't got yeah. it yet, but I know it's coming. I've it, seen it, I've yeah. seen it on Facebook and the tornado watches and crap's going bad everywhere. Yep. So yeah. yeah, we're we're ready. Oh good. Did uh did you have a visitor today or are we flying solo? A visitor. Was yeah. I supposed to have a visitor? Well, I mean you haven't introduced your dad yet, so I figured that you should probably <laughs> Do I have introduce to? the third <laughs> I ain't a visitor anymore. My goodness. <sighs> It's I I don't yeah don't bait me like that Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting beside me is the patriarch redneck country. My father, real redneck Don Millard. Father, is your microphone hot? Yeah, it's working fine. It's I'm a little bit I. upset about the the energy that came out of that introduction. There there really wasn't much. <laughs> no, I probably probably just woke up from a nap. Nope. You I'm busy all day, getting very little sleep. My life is chaos. Oh, yeah. I walked over. Why did you I do it, my Bill? umbrella because I figure I'm going to be walking home in the rain. You put that, pop that umbrella out there when you're going to be walking home. You, your feet going to come well, off the ground. You fly. Depends if we get the wind with it or not. We're not supposed to get yeah. as bad as north of us. Well, well, we'll see. It'd be a Mary Poppins flying home there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, so where are we going today? What do we what do we want to talk well, about? I don't today? know. So we've always said that we just want to share stories and and hopefully invoke the passion that we have for the outdoors and others and maybe wake up people to go, I'm gonna try that. I wanna do that. I haven't done that. And maybe they're a fisherman, haven't tried hunting, maybe they're a hunter, haven't tried fishing, maybe they're a deer hunter that hasn't tried goose hunting. And I I so it doesn't matter to me. I've got some stories either which way we go. Well, I think, you know what? I mean, this is a very exciting time for uh, Redneck Country. And, it's huge right and, now. Uh, and the, the, the outdoors world uh, as a whole. I mean, there's so many seasons that are coming to start. Full disclosure. Even some we, were, closer. we were running out of topics. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, we started to try to figure out... Uh, where we are, we're in the calendar year, and, and it was a good thing that all this stuff was coming on uh, right? coming online. How here. many more times can we talk about fishing, bass yeah, fishing, and no. kayak fishing? That's it. So, so now got, we're on uh, the cusp. We got a lot of lot about to jump off. Dove has started. Goose is about well, to. We're days away. We're two days from goose opener. Oh, you know what? That's right too. Yeah, I mean, you guys have already uh, uh, started with the dove hunting down there, and. Whoop, whoop. I think maybe we should start there because that, that to me has always been one of those topics that I haven't really done too much with. I haven't, I've never dove hunted as going out and just saying, yep, today I'm going to sit in the pergola or sit in the field and, and, and a lot specifically don't. target 
doves. Yeah, and a lot don't. And uh, yeah. there's even uh, so to spoiler alert for maybe a later conversation in this hour of podcasting. <coughs> we were at the gun club for a couple of days, and out there, I think I only know of two guys that that will actively dove hunt. Like, well, and and so the came over to me and hey you've been out dove hunting because they know i like to and i know they like to and i mean we're not living in argentina where there's a migration and you can just non-stop and stack up hundreds of them but but you can still if you do your homework and and again it's work the getting ready getting prepared just like goose hunting it's not like where a, a lot of new goose hunters will call me and they'll be like hey if you bring the decoys, I got a field. And I'm like, oh, is there geese going in it? Well, I got permission. Right. But is there that geese going in it? That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, it's no different with dove, right? The geese got to be going in that field yeah, to feed. They sure. got to be wanting to be in there. You can't be in the field beside it. You can't be in the field one over from it. And I mean, early season, you may call a couple over, but don't ever let anybody tell you we had an awesome goose hunt set up in the field beside they were going to feed. And oh no, my calling so good. I brought them in. Uh-uh. If they came in and you shot them, they were coming to that field. I don't yeah. care how good of a caller you are. <laughs> yeah, and, it's tough. And that, that's yeah. the one thing that we've always talked about on this podcast with goose hunting in fields. If they're not there, they're not there. They're not there. You got to go where they're going. It's a cut corn field or a, yeah. a grain field that, that's been, been uh, uh, pulled off. There's no guarantee that those birds are coming to that field nope nope and as all that crop comes off so fast you got so much competition that all of a sudden opens it up right so it's tough you've got to you've got to do the homework you've got to well and that's it's a lot of money i mean just because if just because they were there a week ago doesn't mean they're there today and that's it so there's fields around here that had grain pulled off a month ago obviously there's no season on and they were piled up with geese i haven't seen geese in two weeks yeah, in those, those fields. They fed no, I don't know where they where they've gone, but or another they field aren't opened up. Fields. Yeah, another another different maybe maybe a cornfield opened up, and now yeah. they want to start filling it with corn. They they sense the weather change. I, who who knows? Like, there's different reasons why they they'll leave it, or there's a field closer to where they're sleeping. They, sure, maybe they just yeah, the, maybe the crop just came off. Shot and, at and they can drop they it. Yeah, they haven't been shot at at this point in time in the season and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Maybe they're they just don't have to travel as far to get their feet. Yep. Yep. So, so, I mean, it's, and, and so we can get in talking about goose, but with, with regards to dove, it, it's no different. Now I was, I was told, and I've not been able to experience this and I'm fairly new to dove hunting, only done it a few years, but, but I've done it enough and enough research that I know enough to be dangerous and talk to the guys that the two gentlemen that are, they older than you, dad, they about your same age. Oh, a little older. A little older. So they'd be, I don't know, 75, 76, 77. And, and they've been around the block, right? So talk to them and they'll tell you sunflower fields. Well, good freaking luck trying to find a sunflower field and then finally find one. And I'm like, there's a sunflower field. And, but people use it for photo ops and they just will stop on occasion and go in and want to take pictures and stuff. So we're not comfortable letting people go and hunt in there. So it's a, it's a tough gig trying to find. So I've never hunted over sunflower fields, but the, the gentleman I talked to opening day, they only got, I think they said they got three and, and then the next day they got, 30 they got their limit 15 each. and i said okay what was the difference because clearly and they said sunflower field 
found the sunflowers. So, but they said when they opened them up, he goes, oddly enough, they weren't all full of sunflowers. They were full of wheat. Wheat. Eating wheat. Hmm. And so my story is, is pretty similar. I like it was opening day and, but I worked. So my wife had made plans that we were going down to my in-laws for dinner. And so she had packed up a cooler and a whole bunch of crap and got the kids around and, and we were heading down there. And I said to my brother-in-law, I'm going to bring a couple shotguns. We're going to, we're going to get into her. We'll, we'll see if we can, we can walk around the adjacent property and, and it's a buddy of ours and he lets us fish and he lets us hunt and it's a good sized property. He's got a bunch of ponds and everything. And while we were fishing in there the last while, you could hear the dove say, go by. And I'm like, that's a dove. And you look up and there's one now, one or two, it's not a dove hunt where I'm bringing my decoys and I'm bringing all that jazz. But when it's opening day and you haven't shot one in a year, you're itching. Yeah. So we'll, and, and really what else are we going to do? Sit there and annoy my in-laws. So we'll go for a walk down and, and see if we can at least shoot one or two doves and we'll just go for a walk and see if we put any out of the trees or if they fly by us. So that was the plan. Well, while I pulled in, my wife pulled in in the van said, all right, we got to unload the van. I opened the back door and I heard that. And I turn around in the field across the road, two doves touched down, cut wheat field. So I yelled at my brother-in-law who's on the podcast last week. We'd probably bring him on. He could share his side of the story as well at some point, but I said, Connor, Connor, get over here. And he says, what, 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 what? I said, grab a shotgun. Let's go. <laughs> so you he, didn't even make it in the house. No, I didn't even unload a darn thing. We grabbed <laughs> yeah. so the two doves just dropped in right there. I grabbed my shotgun, put it together. Cause I'm using my trap gun, um, with the double barrels on it. So grab that. Cause I have that pre- precision fit stock now on it that I, I can't dent the wood. I might as well use it. It's awesome. And I know where it shoots. I don't even have to think about it. It was like sporting place. Anyway. So I grabbed that. I put it together. He great. I said, pick an eight seventy. I just grabbed a couple eight seventies. Cause I have a, a couple light ones that it, you're shooting two and three quarter inch shells, right? Like yeah. seven and a half inch or seven and a half um, shot. There, there's not a lot of thump. So trying to put that through the super black Eagle two, it, it doesn't cycle every round cause they're not hot enough. So I, I brought him a couple eight seventies and he had some guns, but he, I just, the, these are, I built them purposely for this type of deal. I, I they're yeah. short barrels, a little 24 inch barrel or a 20 inch barrel on that Hastings barrel and open choke. And so I, I put the camo stock on it and everything else. And it had a sporting clay with a 34 inch straight rifled Hastings barrel and everything on the one that he actually picked a wingmaster. So I, I, he just grabbed it. He's like, Oh, that one's short and light. I'm like, Oh, she's whippy. So grab that. We, I said, there's a bucket of shells, <laughs> fill your pockets and let's go. So we filled our pockets. We started across the road. And it, as soon as we got across the road and dropped down, start to load our guns, and not two pick up, but 45 come up come out on. of that field. And I looked at him. I said, this is not a walk and shoot kind of hunt. Let's go back to the van, unload it for the women. I did bring some decoys. We will go sit on the edge of that field right there. So we, uh, we quickly did call the landowner said, Hey, here's what we're doing. He's, he's a friend neighbor. He's like, yep, no worries. We're in the backyard. Just be cognizant. Yeah, we're not shooting that. We're going to shoot this way. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Yada, yada, yada. And grabbed, I got two Mojo spinning wing dove decoys. 
So I put them together, handed them to him. I got a big dove tree dad gave me for Christmas and I got the clip on doves. I clipped on a bunch of doves, grabbed that thing. That thing's 12 feet tall. So I carried it across, got my shotgun in my hand. Brother-in-law's got the two mojos, his shotgun in hand, stick them in the ground, hide in the corner. And it was on until supper time. So I knew we didn't have a whole lot of time, but we put those 40 something, 45 or so doves up into the trees and put them out there. Then you got to wait because now they're not... They're yeah, not so like geese. Ask, and, how does that typically work? Well, I mean, that's it, right? They're not like geese and ducks where they see you, they take off. They're not coming back. They're probably going back to where they were. They, they, okay, we fed enough for today. I guess it got our meal got cut short. We're going back to the pond we were living in. Doves, they fly up into the tree. Give them 10, 20 minutes. They're dumb enough. They're going to fly back down into that field. <laughs> so now I did learn something and, I, and I'll share it with you and on the time frame of things because I've, I've, I've assumed it. But now I've pretty much put the the nail in the coffin on it. But before we get there, the fun part. So we put the decoys down. We get up in this corner. We sit in the woods. Connor's probably 10 yards down from me. I'm, I'm just standing under a tree. I didn't bring a chair or nothing. I, I was wearing camo. And I brought my turkey leafy suit for him to just throw over whatever he had. And so we just... Just to break up your outline a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, I probably could have done better with a mask, but we didn't have it. So it is what it is. He's wearing an orange hat for Pete's sakes, but we're sitting under the tree. And, and so it wasn't 10, 10 minutes. And then one buzz by and he takes a shot and misses. And then it comes back by spins around and drops almost on the ground and boom, he knocks her down. All right. We're on the board. We're not skunked. So I'm kneeling. And then now full disclosure, we could have had two more doves than we ended up with. I will say that. So, and, 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 it's and my why fault. is that? So I'm kneeling, you know, and the sun is right in my eyes. I will say when oh, the doves the were classic flying. Sun in yeah, my oh, eyes I'm not going trick. there, yeah, not going there yet. Right. So the, the thing is I put a precision fit stock on my trap gun. Now, if you know what a precision fit, if you don't look it up, Google it, it's amazing. The number one thing you, I don't care if you shoot an 870 or you shoot a $20,000 Kriegoff fit is everything. So, and, and really I've struggled in my mind with this forever on hunting guns. I want to be as successful hunting as I do shooting clay targets. Why don't I have my hunting gun fitted to me? I buy this, this synthetic stock, right? Like it's, it's whatever dirt touch, whatever the plastic stock, you can't do anything with that. It is a set length of pull. It's not like you can, you can, you know, steam it. You're not hunting the same way as your trap shooting, except in this time of the year when you can hunt in a t-shirt with, you know, basically a thin layer over top and it doesn't change. But I want that gun fit to me so that oh, it's perfect. Can, yeah. Every time it comes up, it comes up. So why, why are our hunting guns not that configurable? Because fit is everything, right? And you know that if you get into clay targets. Now, I get it. It's expensive to have done. I mean, like uh, a, a friend of mine, he's been on the podcast, has spent $5,500 for it to have a stock bait for his Caesar Greedy. And so it's expensive. I get that. But if you want to be successful, the gun's got to fit you right. It's got to come up every time. You got to know where it's shooting. You got to shoot it enough that you don't have to think when those come in. Because I can guarantee you, you are going to have some kind of fever the first few times animals are coming in front of your gun. Doves, geese, ducks, whatever. You're going to panic a bit, pull that trigger. You need that gun to fit you so that you don't have to think 
wait, wait, I got to line up, make sure I'm, I'm on it. And so I thought, Hey, yeah, you don't want to have to do that. Right. So I got this precision fit stock, put it on my, put it on my, my trap gun. And so my double barrels, I don't shoot doubles. I don't shoot that gun as high as I do trap. So it's typically not that high, but it is still high. But I learned when I went sporting clays, and we've talked about this in the podcast that I just know that gun fits me. I don't think about it. I know where that target is. There's no thought process. I can put the gun up, put it on the target, pull the trigger, and that target, it, it breaks, even though it's my trap gun. So I thought, now that I've got this precision fit stock, it's all rods. It, like, it looks like a mechanical leg. So now that I had it's a shock and everything is completely adjustable. Now that I've got that, I don't have to worry about dinging the wood up while I'm in the field. Hunting. Nope. There is no wood. Oh, yeah. It's all rods and plastic. It's aluminum, isn't it? Yeah, uh, aluminum. Yeah, yeah. So I thought... I'm going to take this thing up. Well, my issue, I have not shot the double barrel since I put that stock on. I just put it on and I've only probably ran shot. I don't know what that a hundred rounds through that gun before this last weekend mm -hmm. with that stock on it. So I really, I have not even shot. So I knew the way that I put it on, I had to adjust the rib on my trap gun to make my gun shoot a bit lower because I was having the comb on this stock higher. Now, Again, that's a whole other podcast. We've gone over yeah, that. But the adjustments higher where stuff. your cheat goes, the higher the gun shoots. Lower the front rib, the higher the gun shoots. So I, I raised my back comb, which would have made my gun shoot higher than my old wood stock. So I raised the front of my rib so that my gun would maintain the same height yeah. with my comb up higher. And I had to raise the and comb up higher. The fact so that it's your it, double barrels is not going to affect your it, your uh, my singles game handicap or my handicap or game. Your single right. setup. Yeah. So so I really when I put this on, I thought I, I before I left the house to go out there for Dove, I went, oh, you know what? I haven't adjusted the rib on this yet because I put this higher comb on now. I've got to I've got to raise the rib. I raised the rib on my single barrel. I've got to raise the rib on my double barrel. So I raised the rib, not thinking, and I raised her good. And so I'm on my knees and this dove comes in and it, it typically, I, I was asked this on the weekend too, you know, it, when a dove comes and you have the decoys out, do they land on your dove tree? Do they land? And if you let them, they will land in the field. But typically the purpose of these decoys is just to bring them by you because they will just fly Get them close. Yeah. Fly across that. And they were cutting us off from trees to trees right across the field, just going back and forth. And so with that, those decoys out, they're like a bat flies by and all of a sudden, boom, it dips in, wants to see what's going on, spinning wings and everything. And it dips in. So this dove, the second dove came zinging by, seen the decoys dipped in like a bat, dove down below the tree and came right to me and is fluttering now and is starting its, its climb up to the tree above me. And Connor's yelling at me, shoot it, shoot it. And it's in the sun. All I can see is sun. I finally get it where I could see the silhouette of it. Bam, bam. And it doesn't drop and it flies away. What just I, that? I don't do that. What just it happened? Clean. And, and I thought, you know, a lot of guys say, oh, doves, it's one dove per 10 shots. That's crap. Because when we went with that, I mean, we were we were knocking them down. Like, oh, yeah. like if, if, if you know where your gun shoots, you can hit them. They're not that difficult. It's fun. It's a blast. And this was not me. I, there's no way. What is going on? So I, okay, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. It's got to be that. So wait, another one comes flying by. And this one's not dipping, not diving, not doing nothing. It is eye level on a beeline at 30 yards 
It's dead. Put it up. Boom. Doesn't fall. Lead it more. Boom. Doesn't fall. What the heck? So I said to Connor, stop right there. I stepped out. I turned around. I picked a knot on the tree at 30 yards. I pulled the trigger and I shot below the knot. Below it. That's below crazy. Below the knot. Now I shoot. I figured you'd be too far above. I shoot a high gun. There's no way. So I, and it's just, again, I don't think about it because I've always shot clay targets. So I'm used to where that target needs to be. That's the sight picture. I know I need to have that sight picture where that bird is above my bead. And I then take that and I apply it to doves as well. I don't think it's just, I know where that gun's got to be, where that dove's got to be in relation to my bead. I did. There it is. Boom. Pull the trigger. It just happened too. It, right, right I, and now I don't even look at the bead. I just look at the dove and know where to point and pull the trigger. It's, it's just like a sporting clay target and it didn't nothing. Okay, I'll be back. I'm going back across the road. I got to get an Allen key. I got to lower the front of my rib. This is ridiculous. So I knew enough on how many clicks to put her down uh, generally. So I did that, came back, picked that same knot in the tree, boom, fired it. Now, how many other things can you hunt where you could just take miscellaneous shots and not worry about screwing up a hunt? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, which, if anything, get ready, because if there's any in the trees, it's going to flush them. Yeah, sure. I'm so, get another shot. Yeah. Like, and that's why I love dove hunting. You don't got to be quiet. You could sit there and, and have conversation. Game, and fight. Right? Oh, it's a blast. So uh, I picked the knot on the tree. Boom. All right. I'm four inches or five inches high, whatever it was. At, and, and now I was closer. I was like 20 yards. I, I'm good now. That's that's where I want to be, which is typically a little higher than normal sporting clays, but it's where my brain knows. So I kneel down <coughs> and and sit there. My brother-in-law says, okay, I, I should have picked up that dove. I'm going to go around the corner here and, and pick up the dove. Da, 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 da. He goes around. He puts one up, and this thing goes straight up in the air. I threw that gun up, pulled the trigger, and that thing, it was out there, and it folded. We're good now. Then it was on. Let me tell you. And we were having a blast until the in-laws and my wife and everybody yells, it's supper time. Oh, man. We haven't got enough for a meal yet. Right. Come like on. So we were we were knocking them down pretty good. So we did it. We knocked down about six, six, I think six or seven. It was seven before. They yelled for us to go for dinner. So we packed up the decoys and, and take ours across back across the road. Nate, and then we got done. And we said, okay, now let's go do that walk that we were. Well, we went back across the road and sat, but then nothing was flying. We didn't see a thing. And that's where the lesson I think I've learned is doves. It was, you know, four o'clock. They were flying. Now it's quarter after six. There yeah. was nothing dark by quarter they, after they eight, eight thirty. There was nothing flying. I walked the edge roost. of the tree line. I was taking shots. I went up to the tree line and just boom into the ground to try to flush them. And there wasn't any in the trees. There was nothing. So <laughs> I think, I, I think I've now learned a little bit more cause I've not hunted much after supper for doves, but I have a couple times and not been very successful as I had in the morning. So I don't, I just think that, uh, and after, you know, like geese come in and feed right till dark and they'll come in after supper time. I don't think doves are the case. I think doves it's may dumb, feed during the day and, and they go roost early and go back to bed. That's, that's what it looks like to me. I, I, I want somebody to challenge that. I mentioned that to the guys out of the gun club and they said, yeah, we've not really hunted much past four either. Come to think of it. So you might be right, but 
Well, I mean, every time you hunt, especially if it's something new, you're going to learn something and, and now you can apply that. So you don't need to, to stay so late or you can maybe well, just now, stay right morning. through. And- yeah, like morning and stay, you can stay right through the afternoon. I mean, me, me, Scotty, we've gone out in the afternoon after a goose hunt in the morning and, and done well. But we were done by supper time. Right. And, and what else can you hunt in the afternoon? Yeah. Which is awesome, right? Normally, like ducks and geese, they're not flying in the afternoon. They're flying in the morning. They're flying at night. So in the evening. So that's kind of, it's kind of cool that doves do all day long. They'll flip back and forth into the field and, and, and you can whack them. So, so yeah, so it was good. And we got, I got one more that, that the, the finale of it was we, we decided after we ate said, all right, we're going to go over to our buddy's place and we're going to walk it, do that walk, just see what's out there in the back. Cause the property's so big. We hadn't been to the back yet. And I wonder if there, if there's any back there. And there's a couple, you know, fields that have had the grass cut. And so maybe they're feeding back there somewhere in one of the fields around the ponds. So let's, let's take a walk back there. Let's go see what we got going on. So they, they had a wedding coming up the week on the weekend. So there was probably 20 guys putting up a tent down in the one part. So I said, okay, we got to stay away from there. And I have shot doves in where they were there, but we couldn't, we had to go to the back. So we went to the back and, and I'm looking, I'm like, man, it's not like it's wheat. It's not like it's it's a cornfield or there's sunflowers. It's just just a field and woods and ponds, right? I don't think we're going to have much luck, but we're here. We might as well do a walk around because we know they're there. They've flown over us while we were fishing. So we might as well do a walk around and just see if one flushes, be ready to pound it. So we start walking around the pond and I'll be darned. My brother-in-law, Connor, says, look at that gravel gravel hill over there and there's like a a mound of gravel and there had to be 15 doves on it Hmm. so i holy geez and this is later at night so i said all right i'm gonna go through this ragweed over on this side of the pond you walk all the way back around the other way back towards the truck and you wait i'm gonna come through the wag ragweed they're gonna see me they're gonna fly right to you you pound them all right he says so away we go well I'm starting to get closer and I'm trying to get as close as I can. And I'm, I'm crawling through the ragweed. And I mean, the ragweed, there was still up to my eyes in some spots, but I'm crawling through it along the edge of this pond and a couple seen me or got uncomfortable and they flew away. And I thought, Oh, be careful. So I was making sure I was staying behind the ragweed. So they couldn't, if I couldn't see them, they can't see me. Really was my theory. So I was getting close enough that, all right, finally, 15, 13, 15, lift off. And I yell, here they come, Connor. And they fly and I hear, come here, come here, come here. Well, I'll be darned if two don't circle back around and come right by me at 30 yards. And oh my gosh, I was, I can still see it in my head. I just put the gun up and it was just like two crossing skeet targets. Just (laughs) and just just folded. right down and i mean it was it was pretty awesome that they just folded up so i said connor i need your help they're down in the ragweed we don't got a dog so i see feathers floating down in the air so i marked the one by the feathers and i walked right to where the feathers were and sure enough there it is dead in the ragweed i couldn't believe i found it the other one took some took some walking he goes hold on i'm trying to get mine so he finally shows up i said what'd you get he got one of them and he shows up he is soaked from his chest down i said what on earth he goes landed in the pond but my first (laughs) dove hunt it ain't going getting away from me i grabbed that thing so he went swimming (laughs) through the through the pond to grab that dove out of the pies well that is the true means of by any means necessary right there how many people would look at that and go that's two little chicken nuggets 
I will let yeah. the coyotes have it when it washes ashore, which is wrong. It's wrong. The sportsman wrong. thing to do is to, buy, to take every means necessary yep. to retrieve that game. And, and, that's and what, really, I had fishing poles in the truck. We probably could have. Yeah, he could have got it. But, but he went swimming. So, and oh, the, yeah, I, I don't think I would have. I think I'd have gone back for the fishing poles. But, but he did. He went swimming. So it was really, it was still a good, successful hunt. We ended up with 10. So we couldn't complain. Yeah, we, uh, we, we had the, the honor this weekend of being able to taste that too. And I, I can say I've never uh, oh, yeah. tasted milk Yeah, before. we did. Yeah, right on. Because you came by. We yeah. cooked her up. Yeah. So what'd you think? No, it was great. I mean, uh, I've never had it before. You guys did a great job. I don't know what, what sauce you put on it, but it was just a bacon wrap. Uh, Sweet baby ranch barbecue simple. sauce, bacon wrap dove. And really, Jen pretty, cooked pretty it in a, in a pan on the barbecue and then just yep. took it off for the last minute to put on the grill. I normally just put it right on the grill. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, but I tell you what, I mean, I was, I was impressed. I, we, we had to go, but I, I, I waited and waited and it was at 160 and I'm like, I got to wait <laughs> until we get to the, uh, to the right temperature here. So Candace and I could have a little taste of the, uh, um, the, the that last five degrees took are, forever. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. It, it always does when you're waiting for it, but it was worth the wait and uh, it was a very tasty uh, snack there. Uh, got us down the road a little bit and, uh, yeah, it made me think that hey, maybe this isn't such a bad, uh, bad gig or it's, it's worth oh, uh, spending so the good. time and, and, and plucking them birds for a little piece of meat there, but yeah, it was good. Bill and, I were, Bill and I were just coming in when you were just going out and our wives were already here, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so Bill was his first taste of Dove and he loved it. And Jane had already had some and she went back for more and she loved it. So she turned to Bill and she said, I don't care what they ask you to hunt, but you got to go hunt and Dove. <laughs> is that what she said? That's what she told him, yeah. <laughs> you you got to hunt doves. I cannot believe how I would never in a million years thought I would have said I love dove. I love dove, Bill. You got to go hunt dove. Oh, it yes, is. It, I, that's what that's what I said. The first time Scotty talked to me, and I kept, I said for years, I am not wasting a three and a half inch BB shell while we're goose hunting on doves flying by us. Right. And then yeah. uh, finally, you know, eight or whatever went by us. So we limited out one day cleaning up. Eight went by us. And he says, they, they landed right there, Todd. All right. Walked over. We got six of them, took them home right away, put them on the barbecue with wrapped them in bacon and barbecue sauce. And the next day from Amazon, I had a whole bunch of dove decoys arrive. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. uh, it was tasty. And, uh, and you're right. It's kind of hard to justify in your mind, you know, the shell uh, costs, uh, the ammunition costs these days to, to what you get for meat out of it. But it, uh, but it's not. Ju- it's it just. Tasty. It's the funnest hunting there is. Well, if you ever tried to justify anything we did with yeah, cost yeah. per pound, I mean, you'd, you'd never hunt by a farm. It, you could, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all. It's not about that. It, and and the, the spoils of the adventure is, is is more than just the meat that you get at the yeah. end of it. Oh, so. It's so much fun. It's the camaraderie while you're out there, and well, if you yeah. get into them, you can joke and like the the hunt we had with Dad, where he's just too slow. It's, we, a, it's a taste you cannot buy at the grocery store. Well, and that's no. true too. That you can't. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, and it's so just you didn't fun. get the invite, though, Dolph. Oh, yes, I he got did. I got invited to go, but I figured, <laughs> okay, with Connor and Todd, I might as well just stay home. I'll never get all the chair. On the ground. <laughs> well, and at the time we were just walking, I had no idea that there was that many doves across the road. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, when's the next hunt? As soon as I find another dove field, that's it. I just need uh-huh. to find time. Like you see them on the hydro wires, then you know they're staging up on the hydro wires, then they're flying to that piece of 
piece of woods across that field or they're feeding in that in that field that they're staged up on right yeah. so you get in there sit on the edge of the woods and wait that's, that's what you gotta do but, it's but when you find gas. a field i'll be down yeah i think that's gonna be a lot of fun oh, it, it's just a blast it absolutely is i think it's more fun than goose hunting it's just trying to find the population of them so well, to make it worthwhile, you know what I mean? One or two. Okay, great. If you could hunt right here in my neighborhood, it'd be, it'd be one heck of a hunt. <laughs> yeah. The neighbors might frown on that just a little bit <laughs> right? based on where you I live. Mean, it is a cornfield behind my place, but yeah. yeah, but, but there is like, it's it, once you, you find, you find a spot, it's coveted, man. That is, it's hard to find a good dove hunt and then to find two or three a season. Yeah, it's tough. They're well, just and the other there. the other thing we got here is like I said this on a previous podcast. There's lots of pigeons, and, yeah, I, and, and I don't know how I've to tell the difference. Oh, flying. you can tell they're a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah, they're like oh, yeah. double the size, double the size. Oh yeah, I've ate them. They're, I didn't like them. Dad, no. I've never shot one. Dad's always no. Maybe. That's not true. I shot one. But I shot it for, because we had Tor that, that we've brought goose hunting before and we've talked about hunts with him. We were set up for goose and a pigeon flew by and he says, that is my son's favorite bird to eat. I said, you want that thing? He says, you think you could hit it? So I, I have shot challenge one. Challenge accepted. Yeah, yep. Challenge accepted. Mission accomplished. So I've shot one, gave it to him. I've never ate one. Now there might be a better way to cook them than I did. It's been a long time since I tried them, but I know I did not enjoy them. So... Maybe if yes. we looked up some recipes and tried a few, it, who knows? It might uh, taste pretty good. You yeah. gotta well, think they might it, if they're eating the same grain as the doves. Like often, you see pigeons flying in the same field as doves, right? Because you're on a farm. We, and but we've talked about that before this weekend too. But but it it all depends how you cook it too. Like I told you my story about mergansers. Yes, and I was like, "What? You ate merganser? What is wrong with you? I've eaten one. I've shot one and I've eaten one. I've always said I'm only ever going to shoot what well, I'm going to eat." And me you know, and dad we, stopped we, seeing the merganser. Dad's like, "That's just a merganser." Dad, that's a duck. I was duck hunting hungry, man. Yeah. Let's get it. I pounded that. He says, "You got to eat it." Oh, dude. It was the worst well, thing I'd ever put in my mouth. Everybody who, who doesn't know merganser is a fish eating bottom Very feeding. Pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> they're, they're a beautiful, beautiful bird. We, I, we used to shoot uh, American mergansers, which are white, and a hooded merganser, which is a smaller bird. Yeah, hooded. That's I what got, I shot. Hooded merganser. They're very colorful, right? Red yeah. and yeah. Yeah, Hooter Merganser, and uh, no, we, we we got on a few hunts uh, on Lake uh, Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, uh, in my early hunting days, where you didn't see much. So the ducks that were flying by, you wanted to shot at, at something, you were having to shoot uh, a Merganser, and forever they were the fishiest, oh, smelling terrible. You know, for the ones that we could hit, because I wasn't a very good shot. I'm not even a great shot. No, I'm the almost guy. I've always been the almost guy. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we almost had a good hunt, but the merganser showed up. So we had to shoot them. <laughs> so, but that merganser came in and it was finally, uh, I got married, which changed my whole outlook on, on cooking because my wife helped. And she says, I think I have a way that we could cook these that, that you could actually Resourceful eat Candace. She's so it awesome. Was, it was a hundred percent her, her, her uh, thoughts. And she says, well, we're going to do them exactly like you guys just did the, the, the doves. We're going to cube them, wrap them in bacon and cook them in a teriyaki sauce 
And I tell you what, they were fantastic. And you know what? I didn't go out purposely looking for mergansers the next time, but they were at least edible. And, uh, you know, we went back for seconds and we, we cooked them uh, in, in the, in the stove with, with teriyaki sauce or in the oven, I should say with the teriyaki sauce and the bacon wrapped. And then and what, did you do anything to prepare them ahead of time? Did you soak them in salt water for like a day before no, or anything like know, that? I didn't know that trick until I didn't know about soaking them in salt water or anything like that. I just, we took them and we cut them up and, and, uh, I think it was the next day even where we could cut the <laughs> breasts up into cubes, took all the shot out cause it was lead shot back then. And they, you know, take the, take the shot out of the breast cause I wasn't, you know, hitting every one of them in the head. I'm not like uh, Don Millard who picks the gun up and they drop and there's not a not a pellet in them. I, you got I mean, you got the first name wrong, but keep, keep going. No, though. no, no. I've seen the way Todd Millard shoots. As long as they're, <laughs> I had one. Connor is sitting. Connor had moved to the other side. Sorry, quick tangent. Connor had moved to the other side of me, and one came in. I said, Connor, do you see it? You see this? You going to shoot it? He says, I don't see it. I don't see it. And so I just stood up, and I mean, it wasn't eight yards off the end of my barrel, boom, and eye level, and it was nothing but feathers <laughs> everywhere. Just poof, he goes, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not much meat left on that one. No, I'm not sure how much <laughs> but, of that one we're going to get to eat, but. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, we found a way. You know what I mean? Any which way, if I, I truly believe if you're going to go out and hunt something, you've got to write, try to figure out how to make it edible. And if, if that means wrapping it in bacon and cooking it <laughs> so that the majority of the flavor is bacon because it's a, a, a fish eating uh, bird like that, you do what you got to do. So, Man. And you said you did similar with goose, right? I don't. So we, we shoot a lot of geese, but full disclosure, it gets turned into either pepperettes or dad makes jerky out of it. Yeah. And so, I mean, we used to roast, I used to do roast goose breast with consomme and maybe some red wine, but you got to, that's a three hour process in the oven, slowly cooking it and, and you're basting it. And, and I, I do now always have is all most of the game that we do bird. Anyway, we soak in salt water for 24 hours to draw yeah. blood clots, but it also draws out the gaminess to it. It kind of tenderizes the meat a bit, everything else. But so, but even then, after you've done all that work and that it's still not like, oh, this is so good. So I'm like, why are we doing all of this when the jerky, everybody loves dad's dad's jerky, right? So I guess you got to be one to make it. So hmm. he's, why, why bother doing it? But you said you did, you, did you do the same with the goose or you got a special recipe for the goose? No, I I haven't done uh, done much with the goose, but we're we're definitely going to be trying to make pepperoni pepperettes out of it. That's that's what I was trying to. Uh, I got my wife convinced. I think I'm not sure if she's going to listen to this podcast or not, but I've got her convinced about buying uh, the electric smoker. Ah. So my my whole thought is to cut it and to make um, like you know one inch, uh, one or two inch diameter pepperoni sausages out of this stuff mix it with some something i don't know i don't have a good recipe for it yet but i think that's the best way in my mind to make like meat sticks or pepperoni sticks or sausage you can um, buy some pretty good uh mixes to go in it I, i've done the pepperoni and i've done breakfast sausage flavor and there that goose meat is lends itself to both those flavors and they're very it does, eh? yeah that's what you were eating when we were on that fishing trip 
And oh, that was fantastic. That was, yeah, that, that to me was, was the best way that, that I've ever had goose. Because you, you're right, it, it's a red, it sounds really silly, but it's a meaty, like a, a, a dense uh, meat compared to like, a, it's a it's like a red, it's a red meat. It's like a, well, <laughs> so it's you're like, cooking, a, cooking I, a steak, right? It's As like opposed dark to cooking meat. a chicken breast. It's like dark meat, meat really on, a, on a chicken, but even more dark. It's, it's weird, yeah. right? No, yeah. I really yeah. like goose burgers. In fact, I still got six or eight in the <sighs> freezer. Goose hamburgers. I really what, like what do you do with those? Do you, I just you grind, grind them up. Grind them up. Like, I weigh it out. after. You I gotta got have it. a titanium grinder if he's hunting. <laughs> it's, it's still shot. <laughs> you grind it up and you get the him, shot Him and Scotty, I only shoot him in the head. <laughs> and then uh, you, I weigh it out into pounds in a bowl. So you take a pound and put it in a bowl. I drop in an egg. I beat an egg, pour it in, and a, a tablespoon or two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce. How do you say that? Worcestershire. 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 How you say sure, it? Sure. Worcestershire sauce. For sure. And I mix it all up, and then I make patties, and then freeze them. And you, they freeze with the egg and the Worcestershire sauce in them perfect. And the Worcestershire and sauce. I just thaw them out one at a time. If we're having hamburgers, I'll just thaw one out. And yeah, because Bob won't eat it. I haven't had a hamburger... Hamburg hamburger in three or four years. Because when my wife says, let's have hamburgers tonight, I always thaw out a goose burger to have. Well, that, that's another way I think we can try making that too. I got a grinder and we can mix that up and fry them. You know, we, barbecue, I don't care which, I love them. So. Some good recipes for that. My, my mom makes a good homemade burger, and maybe the recipe that she uses for because she'll she'll make it with venison. You know, if we get yeah. some extra venison and stuff too, and you can add spices to it. You know your thyme and your your cumin and all that stuff. You can you can add your spices and get your filling. Rosemary, but yeah, yeah, rosemary. But I freeze them, and they you can tell them the difference when they're you put them in a. In next to a regular hamburger, the hamburgers are more red, and, and these goose burgers are real dark. And yes. they don't take long to cook. They cook about, you just cook them slow like you do a hamburger and cook them through, but they don't take long to cook. I think they're wonderful. I mean, well, we'll give that a try for sure. I do. In fact, I had one I mean, about a week ago. I made a mistake when uh, I brought the goose home from our hunt last year, and I froze it in the big packages that you gave it to me. Oh yeah. And, and so you know, I mean, it's good. 20 pounds of gotta, goose all frozen together. Right. That's so I, I got to either put it through the bandsaw to get it cut in half, yep. or I got to figure out what I'm going to do with a big packet of meat like that. Well, and I guess ha hamburgers, I guess that's a meatloaf or something like that. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, I mean, meatloaf. Even if you, I've made meatloaf out of venison, but even if you thaw that whole package or just half thought, it goes through the grinder better partly frozen or even cut yeah. better partly frozen and then i just weigh it out in pounds and make patties or make sausage or make whatever i'm making and a jerky until it's all used up and then after you've got it made you can freeze it again can yeah you? that's right once it's cooked again right well not even cooked because see with jerky you're putting the sauce well, it's, in cured. it's cured again it's cured right it's cured. Yeah. when yeah. you put the mix in for the sausage they're all cured again yeah, that's all so then you can you can freeze the sausage, you can freeze the jerky, and I've even taken after I put in the Worcestershire sauce, salt and pepper, and an egg, I froze the patties, and they're they're good in the freezer. Oh, you guys, mm. you, you took this to a cooker. I'm getting bored here. Well, we listened to your your story for long enough. I think we're talking about something that everybody's interested. Everybody's interested. Awesome. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I don't yeah. mind it. We gotta we gotta figure out good ways to to process the game that we have. Oh, I, mean, I totally agree. I totally agree. Dubs, you don't gotta work year. at it. But goose, hmm, I mean, we at this point in time in the year, when there's when there's a, a a little bit left in the freezer and the seasons are coming up, you gotta figure out ways to to finish it up so you can make room in the freezer. I'm for excited that, for you to get that electric for. smoker. Yeah, me too. Me too. I you know what? I've I've, I've got to do my research because I want to buy one big enough that I can put a brisket in. Wait a minute. Because you're going to do your research? Uh, yeah. Hey, surprise, surprise. I'm going to do my research. <laughs> but, you know, I want to get one big enough that I can put a full brisket in because my Weber is fantastic. I love it. Obviously, you know, I'm a Weber certified grill master from the Weber Academy in, in, in Vaughn. Just, just saying. But <laughs> I don't mean to brag. But I'm I don't a mean to Weber brag, but certified I mean, Weber thought master. enough of me to give me a certificate of uh, completion, of course. So me <laughs> <Be> a charcoal. <laughs> hey, we go hand in hand. When we were out at the gun club and we were telling people that you were a certified Weber barbecue master, they were impressed. Is that the word? They were impressed. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it. it there's something to be said for that. And uh, I appreciate you guys bragging on me a little bit there. And yeah. my wife more so because she's the, the real, she remembers more than I do. I, I just look the part. She is the part. That's the difference. So we got a conundrum coming up though. Oh, because a conundrum. You're a pulling conundrum. out all the stuff. Wishishishir sauce and conundrum. And, he's trying and, to counteract the Joe Biden remark I made about him last week, where he's actually and, putting and like three, <laughs> four syllable cumin. words together. I and, am and yes, not and, at all. When keep that on, I am. He gets aggravated and upset at a lot of people. Not just. I can't me. imagine Todd getting aggravated and upset. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Goose season not opens, real people. Goose season opens Thursday morning. And you can hunt Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Yep. But Todd tells me that we can't get a team together Thursday and Friday because of work. And right now it took me to tell you that. I've got <laughs> I've got two farmers. One's holding a wheat field and one's holding a cornfield for us until Saturday. And so we got to decide which one we hit. The conundrum. Because we can't hit one Thursday or Friday and then hit the other one. I said Saturday morning, then Saturday afternoon. And you know what his response to that was, Bill? What's that? Well, I have tickets to a play. Not a play. My wife has bought tickets. I don't know. My wife. It's a concert. Uh, I forget even where it is. It's opening day of Goose. It's opening weekend of Goose. She had these tickets two years ago. It kept getting canceled. And this is the day it's on. So I didn't have a choice in it. However, <laughs> you guys could hit the second field in the afternoon without me, if you so inclined, uh, b- because we got either that or it's Todd and I alone on one of the fields on Thursday morning. And that's a lot hey, of work for two guys. Are you going to want to go with Todd by yourself? I have done it. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hold the yeah. phone. And we've, you know, we've, we've lived it out and it, in the early season. And, yeah, I just uh, put a gun in my hand. Give but, me two uh, limits. So I'm good to go. But we, we didn't have the decoys we got now. You don't, like with just two of us, it's hard to put out the whole trailer full of decoys. Now you only need two. You put blinds. out what you can before the sun starts to come up. Then you call right. it. Yeah. And brush in the blinds the best you can and then carry on. Yep. <laughs> but if they're really coming in, you know, you're only allowed 20 geese and then you got to quit because there's only two of us. So What's the, is it, 
10 partial limit for the early season or more for the early season? Early season is 10. goes down to five after. Yeah, it's, yeah okay. All right. So well, we I'm, two, uh, two fields being held. So come Friday night, I got to let one farmer know that we're not going to be there. Please hold it for the next one. Or we already shot it Thursday morning. Or we, mm. or we already shot it Thursday morning. But shoot it, it, it just depends which shoot one's shaping up, shape it up to be see, better. We'll shoot out the one that's not as good. Also, it uh, now I know the one the one place, well, same farm that you come up, you and Jay come up last year, same farm, yeah. different field, it's corn. And I know it's not going to be worked under because uh, I, I know the that's the really field we dropped 50 in a, some yeah. years ago yeah. when it was corn in the early season. Five of us that went field. in, dropped 50 in the an hour and a half. Field, it could be worked even by Thursday. Who knows? I got to check out Friday night or Wednesday night just to see because it even could be worked out because he doesn't know the guy he owns it, but the guy that farms it for him, he doesn't know the plan when it will come. Oh, yeah. Out. So, but there was one field I had lined up uh, a week ago. And I'll tell you, it was loaded, but it's been worked. They're gone. Yeah. So I'm pretty left. sure. I think they're going in this cornfield. They're moving to the cornfield that I have lined up for, for Saturday. And, and it's the same field that we've only, you and I, Scotty, have hunted dove in. That's right. Same That's field. where we limited out on doves. Then the, the next day after we did a goose hunt, we went... It, it, we talked about it on the podcast. That was like the best dove hunt on the planet. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. And uh, I looked over and I said, what is all those birds on all those hydro wires and barns? That's doves. Well, we got to come back and hunt doves. We went back the next day and hammered a limit of doves for, for um, three of us in 45 doves in an hour and a half. I mean, and that was a blast. And I those think buildings are all uh, now. those buildings are all taken down. Yeah, they took down, but the but the will still be I there. I don't know why, because they were great. They were great cover. They attracted. But it was wheat that year. It wasn't corn. Yeah, it wasn't corn. But. Yeah, I think it's a good plan. I mean, I'll come up Friday night, hang out, and make a decision on what uh, what direction we're going to go. And yeah. fortunately, my brother's got uh, plans. He's not going to be able to make it, and my oh, son. That's too bad. He's got to work too. Yeah. He's got to work too, so I'll be flying solo. And uh, oh, that's a shame going from there, yeah, be good. Good to get him out. I know he was looking forward to, to coming out. Uh, my, my brother, he's looking forward to coming up, and well, he was actually at your, your house today. Yes. Hopefully, nothing changes. Well, I thought, you know what? I'm down working in my office the whole day. <laughs> I took a quick break to go upstairs and just see what the weather was like and look outside. And it was getting close to like, I don't know, two thirty, three o'clock. I thought uh, my daughter should be coming home from school. My oldest should be walking home from school soon. My youngest on a bus. And so I just went out and I see the truck go by really slow with like four hot tubs on it. Yeah. That's my brother. And he didn't even stop. I'm kind of hurt. I didn't. He, uh, he sent me a picture and said, uh, of your, your house. I'm like, I know that house. He was crunched for time though. They had a yeah, a and I know that when he's he's got a worker guy with him too, right? So he's got a keeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How much time uh, we got left? We've been talking for a while. We got time to hear Bill's take on the on the shoot when he come up on Sunday. Oh, I think we can. Well, we can we make can it as long as we want. People we can don't finish think. off the podcast with a little bit of a trap shooting conversation. Can yeah. I think yeah, we can? It was really great to have you and Candace come. It was a great day. Beautiful weather. <laughs> And we had a blast. We had a lot of fun. A really good visit. So yeah, I, I tell you, like to hear you. It, it was, yeah, no, it was an absolutely great day. It, 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 
the shooting we, we that, that this weekend was was tough <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yesterday, uh, I, I I didn't do much. I was exhausted from from traveling the highway and dropped my uh, my oldest daughter off to college um, Saturday, which was an all day thing. We didn't. We left the house at eight thirty in the morning on Saturday and didn't get home till after midnight. And uh, you know, but we we committed to shooting St. St. Thomas for the, the long weekend shoot, which we love to do. We I've shot that I think three years now, maybe except last year was with COVID. But and uh, yeah, no, this was the first year that Candice was able or you know had taken up an interest in and she shot. And uh, we we had to leave. We got up. After getting home for midnight the night before, we got up at 5 a.m., turned around, and uh, uh, was in the yeah. van for 5.30 and made it there because we, we were the first squad, well, which for a trap shooting competition started at 9 a.m., right? So didn't really start at 9 a.m., but we had to be there early, and I was glad we, we did. But um, yeah, we got uh, we got to shoot, Candice uh, and I, with, with uh, you, uh, Don, Todd, Bill, uh, on the, uh, the five of us. And, and it, like you said, it was a blast. It was an absolute great time, great day for the singles. And the highlight of my day was two highlights, actually, and it had nothing to do with me. Uh, the two highlights that I had, had was Candice had two personal bests. Uh, in she the singles, well, didn't she? Yeah, really. Well. well, in the singles, she shot a 63, which was better than she's ever shot before, and pumped coming off the line. And in caps, she broke, I think, a 72 or a 73. And one of those was a 22. And one of those was a 22. And she was skipping and coming she off that did line. Her happy dance out there. Yep, it was yeah, awesome. And, and she, she's caps queen, like I said before, and she did fantastic. And you know, she slept the whole way home. You know, I, I drove home by myself, but she she did great, and uh, we had a good time. And the and the second highlight, which I can't, it can't wipe the smile off my face. I can tell you, what was the ride in the hot rod? That that was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal for me. You know, the the sound. Yeah, oh, I just loved it. Every bit of it, I loved. I didn't know if you'd enjoy it or not because it's not a car you visit in. No, but the the, that's, the smell, that's why I don't smell mind of the fuel. <laughs> I love it. The smell of the fuel, the yeah. the sound, the, the rumble of it going down the road, the, <laughs> uh, just everything about it. I love. There's no teacup holders in it, Bill. <laughs> you put it right on the tire, right? I mean, I can reach out, put, put it right on the tires. <laughs> but Candace, uh, you know, same thing. I got pictures of her and her smile on her face was was ear to ear and violet. Got her out for a, for a cruise too. I don't know how. How did she? Uh, how, how was she on the ride? Violet was was funny. I really enjoyed taking Violet. I didn't. I didn't take her down the bypass highway. I went yeah. out and then uh, went up to that corner, or not almost to that corner where the bypass highway is. But I went left, and I went through one of those. It's not really residential, but it's uh, more of a back road. And then I came down to that bypass highway and just drove a short distance down it and then back through the residential again so that she could hear the rumble and, and under, you know, understand it all without, I didn't want to scare it going too fast down the highway either. Yeah. And so then when we, we come back to the gun club, the road, uh, Hyber, no Wellington road back to the gun club. And then you go through that residential area. So I try to take it easy going through the residential area, and there was people out we will buy. Of course they stop and look, it's a head turner. And they'd wave. And 
Violet would smile and wave at him, and, yeah. and it was really cool. So, there you go. So it, yes, she was she loved that. Even at everybody that waved at us. See, to me, we we missed our Freds. Like so, uh, our our other Freds. To me, that was that day was what trap shooting is all about, in my mind. We didn't really we didn't we didn't post amazing scores. We didn't shoot bad, but no. we didn't post amazing scores. But it was still one of the best days because we got to hang out all day at a gun club. But we got to hang yeah. out all day. We you got because you got breaks. You got a couple hours between your hundreds, and and then afterwards, I know you guys could stick around long. But I mean, Violet got to come back and for the for the afternoon while we stayed out at the gun club and hang out with my daughter. They're both eight, and and played all day. And, and my wife said that they were just gone, backyard trampoline, gone, having fun, doing whatever, and, and had a blast. And then. We had a whole bunch of people here for for supper. My wife prepared a whole bunch of food, and my mom and my aunt, and then we had uh, other people from our squads and that. And, you know, Sandra and her daughter came, and Bill and Jane came, and and we had a, a big feast. And you guys were here for a little bit. Yeah, but to me, stayed longer. that was the epitome. The only thing we were missing was, you know, Steve Stiebe would normally come back. Emily and Frank couldn't be yeah. here because Emily's on yeah. the campaign trail. Vote, vote blue, Burlington, folks. But um, so I did want to mention Sandra and her daughter. Her daughter lives here in St. Thomas and Sandra doesn't. So every time Sandra comes here to shoot an ATA shoot, her daughter comes and they spend the day at the gun club. And her daughter always brings a box of fritters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> she's evil. She just comes in and brings a box of fritters for everybody. You know, it's just, and she doesn't even shoot. She just comes and spends the day with her mom and us and she's got to know us. And she came back here and, it's just a real social event, and it's yes, really super crazy. people. Sandra uh, and her daughter, super people. Nice to talk to. Sandra shot, shot great as well, you know. It, and just the she social side. Has, of it, eh? Everybody had a good time. Yeah, and she's just she's always been that level. She just wants to take it to that next level, which is understandable. But she's just right from the get go. She's always yeah, shouting. Yeah, she, she took to it like ducks to water. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fish to water, whatever you want to say. Oh, yeah, you were at the <laughs> clinic when she ran the, her, like her, I don't know, her fifth round or sixth round. She was 22s, 23s. She did fantastic. Won the trophy and yeah. everything like that. And, uh, and and I tell you, just hanging out with her, Candace was super comfortable, uh, you know, talking to her. We Candace, we, they wished that they could shoot together because they're at the same yardage, but unfortunately from squatting. Yeah, pre-squat closed but, too too quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, we still got to hang out. Like you said, it was, it was a social time. and None of us, I mean, you guys did. You guys shot well. I mean, I, I know I didn't shoot my best scores, but that wasn't, it wasn't about, I mean, yeah, I we just still like had going fun. and hanging out. Right? had a blast. And then you get to see everybody else from the gun club stuff, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to uh, get out again this weekend on Sunday for sure. I'll be at the gun club on, on Sunday after, you know, I want to try a few things. I mean, it was every, gonna be beat again. every competition. Be driving all the way back from goose hunting all day. Yeah. Well, this is kind of what we, we do, right? I mean, you we know, there is an ATA shoot the other way in Amherstburg. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. We just bought another 20 boxes of shells today for Candace. Did you really? uh, Yeah, she's the federal top guns. uh, They weren't on sale or nothing, but she shoots those at 16 yards. Yep. They're a little bit softer and, and, you know, the handicap stuff. Uh, I shoot both 16 and uh, uh, at my handicap yardage, but I I put her on something a little bit softer. You know, I mean, anyways, I don't know why, but she likes them. And that's what I get. When you're shooting 100 100 at a a time, it's nice to get to you. Absolutely. 
Yeah, two and three quarter grams as opposed to three. Walter and they're that we 11, shot with the, the team shoot the next day, he's shooting one ounce loads, right? And a lot of guys are, and he loves yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I, I was shooting for my practice a couple of weeks ago, seven eighths ounce, which were the stuff I shot international, and I pulled the trigger on those, and it was like the gun didn't even go off compared to the handicap loads that yeah. I shot the round seven eighths, twenty four gram or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. twenty four gram loads. They're they're just soft, but they're fast. But you know, I'd like to get something like that for for sixteen yard. But I'm not going to mess around too much uh, with with loads and and uh, and that stuff. I'm going to play around more with pre shot routines and get gun mounts, get all my foundation fundamentals down right before I start playing with with anything else. Yeah. So sight picture, recognizing targets. That's all it comes that's down all, to. That's yeah. all it is. When I came home yesterday, like I said uh, after the, the shoot, I, I I was not long before I was in bed. When I got home on Sunday, and then uh, Monday being a holiday, got up, kind of laced around a little bit, and cleaned the guns. <laughs> I got you. I ignored it. <laughs> yeah, I By know the way, did. Todd, I just cleaned the guns. I'm like, oh, screw you. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Got that done. And uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, in uh, Belleville in a couple of weeks at, at another AT shoot. Yeah. So. I'll see you there. Yep. That thing's figured out. We'll talk about that after the podcast. Make the trek. So, yeah, right on. All right. There you go. That was a good night. Before we sign out, though, I got to say hi to Lorraine. Lorraine is my sister in law's, one of her best friends. And Lorraine listened to one of our podcasts. And so she stopped into my place today and she said that she heard that my fishing poles at the bottom of the St. Lawrence River. <laughs> and that I've been over in the water a couple of times, a couple of different times with Todd in a boat. And so mom doesn't pay me enough to leave them there. So I we're working I, that out. I'm going to give a shout out to Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. I hope you listen and keep listening and stop in any time to comment. So there you go. Well, if we're doing shout outs, I, I should give a shout out too. I, Connor might have been here tonight. I mean, if I, I, if I thought about it, he, he loves coming on. Um, but he, in this last month that just finished up, his first year ever kayak, his third tournament ever, and he was 10th out of 88 anglers he finished up hey 10th. good for him and i thought holy crap job, that's, that's pretty freaking he was only five and a half inches out of the lead so that well, tells you how tight it was for him to be in 10th place that that's fantastic and uh, being the first season first year good, right? good job you guys and then uh, motivation for next year and like more, and these guys are are way up north from us where the 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 lakes are plentiful so yeah. to me, I mean, he's put the horsepower into to be able and to, to find the big fish, like eighteen inch bass across the board, almost like that's that's something. Yeah. Oh, and Good I should show. mention my nephew Matt too. He he's living in Calgary. It is, it's like one. an award show. Yeah. I'd like to thank. Uh, <laughs> but but Matt got married in Calgary, has two kids, and they've never been to Ontario. And Matt is moving back to Ontario. They're here now. We, they're in Ontario. They're in Ontario now. But they're moving back to St. Thomas they haven't made it this here week. Yet. But they haven't been here yet, or they haven't made it yet, and his family has never been to Ontario. So they're making a vacation of it. And right now, they're at a cottage in North Bay, and he texted me today, and he's also on Facebook. He caught a 24-inch walleye yesterday, and they nice. had it for supper last night, and everybody loved it. And so oh. he's, he's camping and cottaging and fishing his way back here to St. Thomas. So that's awesome. Well, he used to love to trap shoot too. So I don't know if he'll pick it up again or not, but either way he's on his way. 
Well, thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate all the, the shout outs and everybody listening. Yeah. And that was a, a great chat. Fun. That's that's really all we're doing it for. <laughs> that's it. That's all we do. We have some fun, a little bit of therapy and uh, yeah, have some yeah. good laughs. That's great. Yep. Hey, at your expense. I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, I'm that. You were just taking a drink of tea there, weren't you? I was actually <laughs> finishing up my tea. You go, girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope things work out for us. I hope the geese are still going in the fields the end of the week and we have a good hunt. Hope to see you then. Keep me in the loop. I'll talk to you. Yeah, yeah, we will. Have a goodie. Take care, Bill. Bye-bye. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.